wrestling over what to talk about this week because we just finished up the series last week and next week we're kind of doing some vision casting and I was going to spend some time talking about some of the things we talked about or read about throughout our reading over this past week and there's a lot of great material in there. It could be a whole, a whole sermon series, even a whole year worth of sermons based on the material and what we read this last week. But, but uh, then I was kind of going to go, well, this is what Jim's talking about. Maybe I could talk about that. Um, some answers are coming in about what things, are th- what things people are thankful for. Um, but then I was just kind of wrestling with how do we get set up for what's coming? How, what would be the best thing to move us into the next month and the next thing that God has for us? And it's going to make a lot more sense next week as we kind of get into what we're talking about next week and, and the vision and the direction that God is taking us as a church and, and uh, going to be using us as a church over the next year and next several years. But um, so you'll want to be here for that to kind of, to, so it all makes sense. But I was thinking, well, probably the best thing we could talk about would be as we head into this month, gratitude. And um, this, was, this was after most of the week that I had had. Now, I'm going to kind of go back and start off the week for you so you kind of have an understanding of, of the week. And, um, you know, we, we went to Disneyland a, a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, my wife does a lot of hard work saving up money. She does a blog, and so she saves up money to pay for us to be able to go to Disneyland. We went to Disneyland, and then, um, as many of you know, um, our kids started getting sick at Disneyland. Our kids were sick on the way home from Disneyland, and then that week, my wife and I also got this wonderful uh, thing where it uh, feels like all of your insides want to be on your outsides, and um, dealt with that, and then, you know, we kind of started to get better, and then the next week, which was this last Monday, you know, I got sick again with something else, and so I was sick all day Monday and, and kind of wearing off a little bit Tuesday, and then um, Tuesday is food pantry day, so even if I wasn't feeling great, I was going to make sure I was going to be here this Tuesday because I'd missed the two previous Tuesdays, and so, you know, driving my car on, my, on the way into food pantry... And everything's going fine. You're kind of just, just plowing along, you know, weaving in and out of traffic, as you all know that I do. And uh, by the way, I heard a, a radio announcement that says, you know, you don't get anywhere any faster uh, if, you're, if you're driving faster. And I just I have a tendency to yell at the radio when that commercial comes on because, of course, you get places faster if you drive faster. I mean, that's, that's how it works, right? If I'm going faster than other people, I'm going to get somewhere before they do. So don't lie to me to try to get me to slow down. You're going to have to use better logic than that. But so, uh, yeah, so I'm coming, I'm, I'm coming in. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's raining like it does a lot here. And, and I notice my windshield wipers starting to go a little bit slower. I'm thinking, oh, you know, my car's got almost 260,000 miles on it. Oh, man, there go my windshield wiper. Uh, the motor for my windshield wipers. I'm going to have to replace that soon. And they just keep going slower and slower. But then other things started happening. The, the airbag lights started flashing on the car. And I was like, okay, well, that's different. That's never happened before. And uh, then my car all of a sudden started just out of the blue trying to shift down. It's like, so it's, you know, it's like, I don't understand what's going on. So, you know, you know it has to be bad if it forces me over into the right lane and I have to slow down, right? So I'm over in the right lane and I'm trying to figure out what is going on with my car. And everything starts going out and, I, and then I've come down off of I-5 and I'm coming down on the, on the 99th Street exit. And when I come to a stop at the end of the road waiting to turn, my car just dies, just, just out. 
nothing's happening. I, I try to start it, nothing, you know, just, just the tick that you get when you have, when you have a low battery, you know, that sound, I'm, uh, nothing's happening. And so, um, for once, I become the guy that people are honking at, and um, I get out of my car, and I have to push my car down uh, 99th Street and get around the corner to uh, the next street, and I get over there by uh, Bartolome's or whatever, however you pronounce that pizza place over there, and so park it. Okay, now what? And so, like most of us, probably in that situation, we have a choice. We have the choice, okay, I can freak out, I can lose my mind, I can say that this is the end and God is finally judging me for all of those years of driving too fast on the freeway, which may be true, I'm not, I'm not denying that, and that was God's way of getting back at me, but how am I going to handle it? Because me sitting here in this car and freaking out about what's going on isn't going to help me at all. So, you know, I send a message to uh, someone to say, hey, my car broke down, I'm on the side of the road. Well, they came and picked me up, so I didn't have to walk from there all the way to the church. And then, and then I started, you know, thinking, okay, well, what am I going to do? I have to get home. And I don't have any tools here. I don't have a way to fix this here. I'm not quite sure what's going on. And so I call someone, and they come over and graciously, I'm not going to name names because the, I was really the, the beneficiary of some really gracious work this week, and I don't want to take that away from them, but I just want to share with you a story uh, about gratitude. And so they came over and, and helped me get the, you know, charged up the battery on the car to get it over to the church, and we got it over to the church, and then uh, they're a lot smarter about cars. They said, well, it's your alternator, your alternator's out, and so uh, we figured out that that was, was the problem, and then kind of go through the day and, and uh, starting to work on it, and then someone else comes into the story and, and you know, starts helping out with getting the car fixed so that I can get home that night after the food pantry, and uh, the, the great thing was at the end of the day, someone had paid for the parts to fix the car, and someone else had fixed the car for free, and it was like, I, you know, nothing ever happened. I just had this great experience on Tuesday. Now, wasn't it great? This is, this is our people here. These are people from our church, and, and our church really stepped up to help me out. And I was just, you know, I want to brag on them. I, I'm not going to mention their names because I don't want to steal their joy for doing, doing such a service, but um, just a, a great, great experience on Tuesday. And it's become, it's become a great testimony about our church. Because you feel encouraged when I share about it, and when other people outside of here hear about you know, the good that someone in our church did to help me out this week, they feel good about, about the story. It became a great testimony about the kind of church that God has assembled and brought together here at 6 8 Church. And I found myself very grateful. Very grateful. Just just, you know, thank you, God, for bringing these people to take care of this problem. I could have been stuck at church. I could have had to have my wife drive down from the house to come pick us up with all of the kids and then, you know, have to figure out a way to get my car either back up to my house or call a tow truck to get it over to have someone, you know, pay someone to fix it. There could have been all of these things, but God's body just kind of came around us and, uh, and loved us and encouraged us in this way, and I became very grateful for that. What are you thankful for? Yeah, someone texted an alternator. They knew what the problem was while I was telling the story. Um, I never claimed to be a mechanic. Someone's thankful for their wife doing laundry for them. Yep, yep. My wife texted in that she's grateful for me. Aww. Uh, someone texted in healthy kids and grandchildren. That's a wonderful thing to be thankful for. Church community, I'm thankful for 
this church community. I'm thankful for uh, all the people that God has brought here and is continuing to bring here. Um, family traditions and time together, yeah, those are great things, especially as we head into this time of year. It's great to be thankful for your family and all the traditions that your family have. Thankful for a church that prays with me and for me. Yeah, I'm thankful for that too. I'm thankful that I get to love and to be loved. Yes, that's a great one. Thankful for what I have been given. Thankful for my education. Um, it says, every time I go to church, they talk about forgiveness and love. I'm going to read this one later because uh, it doesn't quite fit in with what we're talking about this morning. But I'm thankful for forgiveness and love. Uh, thankful for family and a job and cougs. And uh, did they win yesterday? Did they really? Because they were down by like a lot when I saw the score. Yeah. Uh, thankful for my family and a second chance at my new job. That's good. Thankful for God's grace. We have a lot to be thankful for. And I think. Uh, what I want to do this morning is just stop and remind us of the importance of gratitude and thankfulness. We're heading into November. You know, everyone's kind of got their mind thinking about Thanksgiving. So it's a natural time to be thinking about being thankful. And so I want us to do that as a church. Someone's thankful for family and the Lord. But I, I want us to maybe be a little more strategic about it, and I'm going to kind of set that up a little bit this morning. But I think there is a great deal of importance in the idea of being thankful, of, of having gratitude and living lives of gratitude. Now, again, I'm not a mechanic, but uh, what I learned this week is that there are some components in vehicles and cars that are crucial, right? They're like mission-critical parts of the car. And if this thing stops working, if this thing doesn't do what it's supposed to, then the rest of the car isn't going to be able to function. And an alternator is one of those things. You can, you can jumpstart a car and it'll run on the alternator if you don't have a battery. You can, do a, you can run a car without a battery as long as your alternator is functioning. And I, I, you know, maybe that doesn't always work, but probably for the most part it does. But if your alternator is not working, you can have a good battery and you're not going to go very far. See, the alternator is this thing that sits in the car and it charges up your battery and it runs all the electrical components of your car. It works as a generator, generating electricity for all of the things in your car that need electricity. And when that stops working, you don't have electricity and all the things that need electricity stop working. Right? I mean, that's you know, kind of the basics of alternators and cars. But how about in our personal spiritual lives. Is there anything in our life that is the equivalent, you know, of the alternator in the car? Is there anything in our life that without it, without this element in our life, everything else kind of stops working the way it's supposed to work? And I think there are some crucial elements. We just spent a lot of time in the last series talking about some of those crucial elements. And one of those crucial elements that we need to be able to have lives that reflect Christ and live the lives that we're supposed to is gratitude. Everything is supposed to be wrapped up in gratitude. Gratitude is supposed to serve as something that charges up the rest of our faith. And I want to talk about that just a little bit this morning. So I have some scriptures that we're going to go to to talk about that. Um, and just kind of give you some, some overview of the importance of gratitude. These may, these may sound, uh, 
familiar, maybe even sound uh, just kind of trite, but I think they're important that we don't just overlook them. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, these will be up here for you, they're also on your phone. Paul is talking and he says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in all circumstances. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Thanksgiving is this thing that we're supposed to do in all of our life. It's something that's supposed to to run in every aspect of our life. And I think what happens to us a lot of times, um, especially for those of us living in America where we have so much stuff and even so much blessing that we've received, is that we start to feel like, well, I deserve this, and so I don't really need to be thankful for it. It's my right to have it. And I want to propose to you this morning that the opposite of gratitude The opposite of thankfulness is not being unthankful or ungrateful. I think the opposite of gratitude is entitlement. And as we we feel more entitled to more and more things and more and more stuff, it's like, well, I deserve this when we stop being grateful for it. And I see this playing out in the, whole, in the whole world that we live in, in the time that we live in. I see it all the time. Maybe you see it too when, when we talk about what we call first world problems. You know, that's kind of been, you know, a, a hashtag is popular for a long time, first world problems, talking about, you know, when things don't go, like, like you know, the, the, the pump on my, on my hot tub stopped working, you know, and we, and we think, you know, God is condemning us because because our, our, our hot tub's not working anymore, or, or one of our three cars stops working. It's like, God, why are you doing this to me? I deserve to have three, co- you know what? If I want five cars, I deserve five cars, and I deserve for all of them to work. Right? We, we kind of get, get the sense of entitlement, and maybe it doesn't just play out in stuff, but it plays out in, in our lives, and it's like, well, you know what? I want, I want people to help me. I deserve for people to help me. I'm a good enough person that people ought to just come and help me. And when people aren't helping me, well, then, then what's going on? What, God, don't you love me anymore? I say, like, I deserve to be helped. And we get this entitled mentality. It's like, I deserve anything that I think I want. And I think that is what fights with and contradicts our gratitude the most in our culture. Like we're constantly at this war with what we think we deserve and being grateful for all the blessings that God has provided for us. And what I hope we see and what I hope we hear and what I hope we learn this morning is that, that God wants us as followers of Christ, as those who believe in His Son, Jesus Christ, He wants us to be the most grateful, thankful people on the planet. We have been given so much that has nothing to do with all of the stuff, but we have received the wonderful gift of God's grace and the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross. And if everything else in our life was a disaster, we would still have everything to be thankful for because of what Jesus did. And I think that is what Paul is getting at here in this situation. In everything, in all things, give thanks. Luke chapter 17, verse 12 through 19. I want to read just this little story for you. 
This is Jesus and, uh, and his life. And as Jesus entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, Weren't ten of you cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except the foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole, made you well. Lots of great things I could point out. A whole sermon I could preach was here where Jesus said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. So many times we want God to just do things for us and give us this, this genie in a body, bottle, you know, lottery kind of response to our prayer requests. But he said, go and show yourselves. And as they went, as they obeyed, as they followed what Jesus said, as they were doing what Jesus had told them to do, they were cleansed. They were doing what they had been commanded, and while they were doing what they had been commanded, they were cleansed. So many times we want to do the opposite. We want to get the free stuff, and then we'll respond and say, give me what I want, and then I'll do what you want me to do. Well, that's not how Jesus wants us to think and operate. I think he wants us to step out in faith and do what he's told us to do, even if it doesn't quite make sense yet. But he says, this one guy, this one out of the ten, he, he realized as he's walking away that he can see that he's been made cleansed. If you don't know what leprosy is, it was just a bunch of, a bunch of sores and spots that would just kind of come over your whole body. And over time, they would get worse and worse. And then eventually, this is disgusting. I'm sorry, kids, but eventually things would just kind of start to die and fall off and you would just kind of lose fingers Fingers would just fall off, and, and other parts of your body would just start to, would just start to die, and, and you would lose your body until you just died from the disease. So you can imagine, imagine yourself in this situation. You have leprosy. You're walking around, and you're covered in sores, and you realize, hey, something is going to have to drastically change if I have any hope at living life. And you come and you hear about this guy named Jesus, and you've heard the stories how he's going across the countryside, and he's, he's healing people, and you hear that he's coming your way. And so as he's coming your way, you and all your other buddies who have leprosy because no one else would hang out with you because you were so disgusting, and they didn't want to get the disease you had, you and all your other people said, Jesus, Lord, have mercy on us. And Jesus, hearing the cries, he he went out and he went and he responded to their cries for help and he had them do something. Out of the ten, one of them came back and was grateful. And the one that came back wasn't, the, wasn't a Jew, wasn't one of the chosen people, wasn't one of God's favorite people, so to speak, the ones that he had come to save and, and salvation was from the Jews. You know, it's kind of some of the history. God's chosen people throughout the whole Old Testament were the Jewish people. It wasn't the Jews, it was the outcasts. And if, what, if you don't know this, Samaritans in the Bible times were the outcasts. They, they were the ones that were, that were never 
talked about in the Jewish culture. They were the ones that were kind of denigrated and, and belittled, and they would go to great lengths not to talk to them, not to, not to encounter them. They wouldn't walk through their country. They would walk around their country, even if it took them twice as long. They would go in different directions. And here again, as Jesus has done before, Jesus makes the Samaritan the hero of the story. And in fact, this is the truth of the story. The Samaritan was the one who came back and was thankful what about the other nine? What about the other nine who were healed? Jesus is asking the same question. Where, where are the nine? What, what about everyone? Can't, any, can't they come back and, and, and give thanks and give praise to God? What about us? Are we the, are we the one that's going to come back and give thanks to God for the work that he's done? Or are we going to be the other nine and just go on and think, well, you know what? I deserve to be healed. I deserve to have this happen in my life. I, you know, I've worked hard for a lot of things. You know, I'm a good person. I do good things, and I help a lot of people. It's about time God does something for me. Are we going to be grateful, or are we going to be entitled? See, where this kind of sets us up for next week, what we're going to be talking about in the weeks ahead is... People want to be around thankful people. So if you want people to want to be around you, then I would say that you could argue, if you want people to want to be drawn to you, well, then we need to be grateful people. We need to be, be, be people who are, who are grateful, not entitled, not pessimistic. And I don't know how well you know me, but you know, in, my, in my life, this has been one of my struggles. I haven't always been grateful. In fact, you know, one of my struggles has been pessimism. You know, I kind of have had this tendency, this, this natural bent as, as long as I can remember my whole life to just kind of see the, the bad side of things and, and to see, see, the, see the darkness instead of the light. You know, I just kind of have always had that natural tendency. And, and something that I've been working on for a while now and something that, that God, I think, has really been working on in me is, is being grateful and hopeful See, when you're pessimistic and you're negative and you're looking for the worst in life and you're always kind of thinking about the bad that's going to happen, you're filling your mind and your heart and your soul with all of this negative thought and all of these things that, that kind of just come and, and saturate who you are. We neglect to think about all of the blessings God has given to us and all the ways He has provided for us. The fact that we're living and we were born into this country, or maybe, maybe we migrated to this country, or, or you know, someone brought us into this country. However it is, we're here and we're blessed. Half of the world's population, over three billion people, live on two dollars a day. And we have way more than that. Half of the world's population doesn't have any idea where their next meal is going to come from, and they go days, maybe even weeks, without any kind of sustenance. In America, we have so much food, we have to throw it away. We're blessed. We, we have been blessed to be a part of this nation, to be born where God chose for us to be born. God could have chosen for us to be born anywhere else in the world. He could have put us in, in one of the countries where we'd have to struggle and fight for, for survival, but he chose to put us here. We have so much to be thankful for. We have been blessed so much more than we ever stopped to think about. 
And in my life, what I've realized is that people don't want to be around someone negative. And I'm telling you this, and I'm sharing you this from my own personal experience. There were times where, where I'd kind of hang out with people, and, and the things, the conversations that would come up would always be the negative ones. It would always be the ones where I'm, I'm talking about how this shouldn't be happening or that shouldn't be happening. I, I'd be talking about and putting down the things, well, if I was doing this or if I was in control or if I was in charge, this is how things, things would be so much better if this or if that. And instead of celebrating what God is doing in the situation, I would say I could be doing it better. Or I, would, I just wouldn't be thankful. I would, I would look at all the struggles of life, and I'd look at all the things that were coming my direction and say, you know, God, what have I done to deserve all of this garbage that's coming my way? Haven't I, haven't I given my life to serve you? Haven't I given my life to make you known and make your great name known and to worship you and to do all of these things? Why does this stuff keep happening to me? And so my life and my, my thoughts and my words and my interactions with people would be all of this negativity and be all of this garbage. And probably to no one's surprise, no one wanted to be my friend. <coughs> Excuse me. No, no one wants to spend time with somebody like that, right? I mean, no one wants to spend time with someone who's, who's always negative who's always talking about how things just aren't working out or how things aren't going my way. It's like, or just how, how awful this life is. And God just kind of started showing me over, over a period of time that, that, you know what, if you want to have any kind of relationship with anyone whatsoever, you're going to have to start to change. You're going to have to start moving to be a thankful and grateful person. You're going to have to move away from the negativity and the pessimism to, to hope and optimism because God has so much to offer and He's done so much and you have so much to be thankful for and God is in control and His plans are greater than the negativity and all the brokenness and fallenness of the world. And He's, he's just got so much more to offer than all of this awful stuff that you're spending all of your time thinking on and dwelling on. And, and God just kind of started working on me and it's been taking a long time. In fact, it's taken several, several years to kind of move me away from this, this uh, old th way of thinking where everything is awful to a newer way of thinking where I'm a little more hopeful. And I'll be honest with you, I don't always stay over here. A lot of times I kind of find myself drifting back over to some of the negative and the, and the harsh and the awful things. But, but God will remind me and God will do something to kind of catch my attention. See, you've got so much to be thankful for, man. You've got so much good in your life. Stop and look at the good and be gracious and thankful. And this is becoming my desire for us at 6A Church. It's becoming my desire that we become the kind of people who are grateful in all situations. Who, like the Apostle Paul, who, who knows what it is to have a lot and who knows what it is to go without, who, who knows what it is to be in situations of freedom and to be in chains and in bondage. And, and in all of those situations, he learned how to be thankful. He learned to, how to find joy. And the reason I'm hoping that that is going to become who we are is because you are, are the greatest potential that we have here at 6-8 Church. God has done a great work at 6-8, and He continues to do a great work at 6-8, but that is not because of me. That's not because of our programming or our ideas and our strategy. The reason God has done a great work is because God has brought amazing people here to 6-8 Church. 
And the thing that is going to continue to spread the hope of the gospel into the darkest places of the world is not going to be my ability to preach a better sermon or my, my ability to wow you and to get you to laugh and to do all of these things. The thing that is going to spread the hope of the gospel into the darkest recesses of this earth is if we become the kind of people who God loves to bless. Who does God love to bless? Those who are thankful in all, in all situations, all circumstances. I'm not saying, I'm not preaching some kind of health and wealth gospel that if you get thankful, God is going to give you everything you want. I think if we get thankful, everything in our life is going to start to make sense. Everything's going to start to make sense to us because we'll realize we have so much to be thankful for. We've already received so much. There's no reason for us to be wanting more. We need to be the kind of people who are always grateful. Not sometimes, always. Someone sent in a message, I don't like to talk about how blessed I am because I don't want to make others feel bad or be boastful. That's a good question. That's a good thought. We don't want to, we don't want to make others feel bad, but, but we can be thankful without bragging. And I think when we brag, we kind of get into, uh, get into a, a more selfish mentality of of grace, gracious gifts that God has given to us. And we don't have to kind of go down the laundry list and say, you know what, you know, God has done all this, what's wrong with you? <laughs> we can just be thankful. We can be grateful people. Saying gratitude is, is a catalyst for so many things in our life. Gratitude can start all of these things. Gratitude, when we get it running in the right way, it can kind of just kickstart us in the right direction and, and it starts to charge up the rest of our lives. So when it comes to serving, we all of a sudden, instead of looking for all of the things that are required of us when we're serving, we realize we have so much, we, start, we, we have so much we need to give because we've received so much. When it comes to, to loving others that may be hard to love, we, we love because we know uh, I've already been loved so much. I've received so much of God's love, and I'm so thankful for how, how God has loved me. I'm going to love whoever God puts in my path because I'm so thankful for what God has done. And I think maybe what some of us need and what I need from time to time is just that charge again, that, that charged-up feeling that comes from being thankful and grateful for what God has done and what God has given and how God has blessed. Are we a thankful people, are we grateful for what God has done? A week from this Tuesday is the election. I would venture to guess that not all of us are going to be happy with the outcome. Are we going to be grateful? Six months from now, we might go through a trial and, and maybe we're going to lose our job or maybe there's going to be some kind of illness that comes on us or someone that we love, someone in our family. Are we going to be grateful to God through the trials? Are we going to find the ability to be thankful for all that God has blessed us with even when life feels hard and heavy? Are we going to allow gratitude to shape our attitude so that when we go through these things, we realize that, you know what, these aren't just bad things and the world isn't just coming down on me. God is using this for good in me, and maybe the reason I'm going through this is because God wants to take me to another level in my relationship with Him. Maybe the reason I'm going through this is because I still have something that I need to learn, and if I can walk through this with, with 
the attitude of gratitude. Maybe I'm going to learn and I won't have to go through this again and I can understand. Or, or maybe there's just more and more that God wants to teach me as I walk through these trials and these struggles of life. God wants to do stuff in us to make us more like His Son. And sometimes He needs to get a hold of us. Sometimes things just happen because we live in a fallen and broken world and we can't blame everything on God. But some things are going to happen. Are we going to be gracious and grateful and thankful? So I have a challenge for us this morning. Tomorrow's Halloween. You don't have to do this tomorrow. You can go out and get as much candy as you want. And kids, go out and get as much candy and, and be grateful. Be thankful for your candy and love your parents enough to give them some because <laughs> we're not allowed to dress up, apparently. It's not cool if we dress up and go ask for candy. And if you're a teenager, don't go out asking for candy. At least don't come to my house because you don't deserve any. You're too old. But... On, on Tuesday, we're going to kick off the month of November. And we're going to tie this in next week. We'll, we'll, we'll start to kind of bring it all together next week as we talk about where God is taking us as a church. But I, I'm really hoping and praying that we can be a church full of grateful people. That we can be a church full of people who are so thankful for everything that God has given to us and done for us and blessed us with, that people are drawn to God in us. And if we can be grateful, if we can be grateful, when you're grateful, you're redirecting what has happened and the joy and the blessing to the one who's given it to you as opposed to being entitled and thinking you did something for yourself to earn all of this. You're, you're redirecting all of the responsibility where it goes to God because God is the one who has blessed us with all this. When we're grateful, what we're going to do is we're going to point people and draw people to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that is our desire as a church that the lives we live, the lives I live, the lives you live, the lives every single one of us live outside of this place are such a reflection of God's love and grace that people are drawn to Christ in us, the hope of glory. So my challenge is find a way to be thankful every day in the month of November. How many days are there in November? 30. A couple years ago we did this thing, we called it 30 Days of Thanks, and we would just, I was just challenging you to to post something on Facebook or Twitter or some kind of social media, something you're thankful for every single day. Just take a picture of something and say, I'm thankful for this. It can be anything. It can be anything extravagant to the most simple of things. And I would like to challenge you to do that. What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? And just put it up on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is and say, I am thankful for this. You can say, you can use the hashtag 30 days of thanks if you want. I'm not going to force you. It's not some kind of a campaign or agenda we're trying to get you to, to do. That's just what we did before. We used the hashtag 30 days of thanks. And just share something every day you're thankful. Maybe you don't want to do that, but maybe you can do like my wife has done in our house and just get a jar and just have this jar out on the counter somewhere where you can just put in every day, uh, just write something on a slip of paper that you're thankful for. Today, I'm thankful for this. Today, I'm thankful for that. Or maybe instead of doing those two things, you want to you find a way to work into conversation with people at your workplace or people in your family, people in your neighborhood, people you're surrounded by, how you're thankful and what you're thankful for. You say, okay, what, yeah, I am thankful for my car today, so I am going to find a way to tell someone how thankful I am for a car. 
I'm thankful for heat today. It's cold, and I'm thankful that I have heat in my house that I can stay warm. I'm going to find some way today to work the idea that I'm thankful for heat into a conversation with someone, and and I'm just going to have conversations all month long and be thankful for what God has given me, what God has done for me throughout the month of November. I think if we do that, if you do that, if I do that, if we are thankful people, people are going to be drawn to Christ in us because they'll see God has really blessed this person. God has done a lot for this person. I I want to be more like that. I want to experience more of that in my life. I want to know what that is. What is the deal with this freak who's always thankful for everything? They don't think the world is going to end, but they're just so thankful God has given them so much. I want to be more like that weirdo and less like all the other people who are so pessimistic and negative all the time. How can I be like that person? And I think God will use that for His glory because when we're grateful to God for all He's done, God gets all the credit. So that's my challenge for us. I think you can shine brightly the light of Christ by simply being grateful for everything God has given you. Kids, I think if you can be grateful throughout this month and thank your parents for all the things that they have done for you, all the work they do for you, the food they prepare. Just be thankful for that peanut butter and jelly sandwich you're going to get for lunch tomorrow. Or be thankful for, you know, the fact that you have a TV and you can watch cartoons or you have a Wii or you have some kind of way to play video. Be There's so much we have to be thankful for. How can we be thankful throughout this month? The band is going to come. We're going to take elements. I want to pray for us as they're coming. Would you stand? Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for all that you have given, all that you have done, all that you have provided, all that you have blessed me with. There are so many things in my life that I take for granted, and I pray that you'd help me to have fresh eyes to be able to see those things again and be thankful for them, to be able to express to you my gratitude for all that you've done. And Father, I pray that we at 6-8 Church, that everyone in this room right now, youngest to oldest, would be overwhelmed with gratitude for all that God has done for us. And that we would want to give thanks for those blessings. Father, I want to pray for those who are here, who are walking through a struggle right now, who are, who are going through some kind of valley, who are going through a trial, who are going through something that's harder than they've ever gone through before. I pray that you would help them to be able to see the good that you are trying to do in them through this situation. I pray that you would help them to be able to see the good that you have already done in providing your son and sending your son to die on a cross to pay the price for their sins so they could have redemption and be transformed into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. I pray that they would be able to see the supremacy of that fact and be able to put their eyes on that and allow that to drive how they walk through this trial. I don't ask them to be fake. I don't ask them to hide their struggles. I don't ask them to hide the the valley they're walking through. I pray that you'd help them to open up and share that with those around them in this community who could help them walk through it. But Father, I pray that you would slowly work into each and every one of us in a trial that we may be going through gratitude. Teach us to be thankful. And I pray as we are gracious, as we are thankful for what you have done for us, 
I pray that you'd use each and every one of us to touch the life of someone who doesn't believe, to touch the life, to influence the life, to shine the light of Christ in front of someone who doesn't yet know you. And Father, fill us with so much gratitude for the gift we've received and give us this overwhelming sense of thankfulness for for the joys of our salvation that when we live and express the life that we have been gifted that they can't help but be drawn into the life that you've given to us. And Father, I pray that they'd be drawn into you in us and that their hope would be found in Christ in us shining through our lives. Thank you for the work you did on the cross. I thank you that you died so that we could have life. Thank you that you rose again, that you conquered the grave so we would not have to have the fear of death, but that we know the one who conquered death, that you conquered the grave so that we could experience transformation and that you sent your spirit to fill us so that we could live the life that you've called us to live. I have so much to be thankful for. Please help me to remember and to not forget. Help us to remember and not forget. Be glorified in our lives. Be glorified in our worship. Be glorified in this community that we have at 6-8 Church. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.